The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Sunday, October 8th edition of the show, and it is week six recap and reaction time. Of course, I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, at GaryWCE. I am on Twitter, at Winning Cures, for the time being, until I get my other, one, uh, other account back. We'll figure that out when we get there, though. The guy that is on the right side of your screen is Matt Huey. Matt, tell them where they can find you, all the wonderful things about what you do. Uh, it, I, I think I've got them listed in the description but if i don't yeah. i will go back and double check that <laughs> go ahead and tell them tell them where they can find you yeah you can find me on instagram either one me being goofy at matt underscore pt underscore dip underscore mdt or strong and healthy rehab on all socials instagram facebook uh tiktok and youtube so i am a physical therapist so if you ever hurting or just kind of want to know breakdowns of injuries or whatever Hit me up. I'm always happy to talk. Now, is it strong and healthy rehab, like with a strong and sign or just all one word? No, or just strong and healthy, just like you just typed it, just all one word, one, one solid word all the way across. I can get down with it. Yeah, I can get down with just, it. Just, whoo. Yeah, all these, you got to find something, right? When, you know, and it's the same with us, like winning cures everything, right? You got to find mm -hmm. something that nobody else has. Yeah, because everybody has something, so it it becomes they get longer and longer. It's like we got to find what is the thing that works. Like <laughs> I, I get into the thing when like okay, I start looking at people on YouTube and I'm trying to build a little YouTube page, but like these people who have page, how do you come up with a name? And like that's your like that's your name, and it's not a simple name. And like somebody was talking about Quibble Cop, like what what, he, what the hell is that? Yeah, he is a YouTuber who was big into gaming. He's getting really big into AI stuff. But I'm like, how did you come up with his name? Now, granted, I think he's Dutch or from the Netherlands. So, again, it's a language thing, but... He's got to come these, up with something that's these, memorable these, and... Yeah. yeah. And it's just oh, yeah. like, oh, there's a seven and there's an eight in it. I'm like, oh, oh. Oh, and then we're like, yeah, you get into it. And it's like, oh, my knees hurt. Oh, I need to go <laughs> schedule my colonoscopy. <laughs> oh, uh, LFG already jumped into the chat. He said, like number four. Well, that cheers to that. We appreciate that, buddy. Uh, and then we <laughs> we jumped in and said, uh, 2023 pack CFB, number one, front seven, UCLA, number two, Arizona, uh, because Utah has catastrophic injuries. And then Washington have might have the number three front seven in 2023. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that we are not going to talk as much about the Pac-12 today as we did last week. 
However, there were some very interesting things that went on in the Pac-12 oh, yeah. yesterday. So, LFG, we appreciate you being here. Uh, anybody else that wants to jump into the chat, feel free. We are going to roll through some different things. Huey, yesterday was mayhem. It was chaos. It's what you would expect when you get into October and you don't really know who has separated themselves and who has not. So, uh, oh, God bless. Let me remind everybody. Uh, the show brought to you somewhat by BetUS. Go and check out the BetUS College Football Show. Uh, I have been meaning to do this the past few weeks. Uh, we have a partnership with Ticket Smarter. Go and take advantage of TicketSmarter.com. Think smarter, Ticket Smarter. Use the promo code WCE10. That's going to get you 10 bucks off of an order of $100 or more. Or use the promo code WCE20, and that'll get you $20 off of an order of $300 or more. Uh, these football games, concerts, everything is more expensive. These codes are not like one-time codes. You can use it as many times as you want to. If you feel like going to a game this weekend and then you want to go to a game next weekend, well, knock them out. WCE20, that's WCE20, or WCE10. It's going to get you either $10 off $100 or $20 off $300. Think smarter, ticket smarter. Go and visit the TicketSmarter.com uh, or TicketSmarter app. So check that out. Uh, the Bay U.S. College Football Show, Three Dog Thursday is on Thursdays. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, that should be it. Okay, okay. I think we're good on notes. I just never do that on Sunday. I feel like I should. Though. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We are in minute five of this. So let's move into our week six Heisman. All right. So Huey, you and I were texting last night. And we decided that the best thing for us to do to really get a, a full grasp on the week that was is go through and talk about the players that were freaking awesome. Right. And what I want to do is I want to hit on kind of some smaller guys but also talk about the guys that actually have a legitimate chance to win the award. So I'll let you go first, make sure that I don't take yours. But, uh, but I found, I found the most ridiculous stat line that I think I've ever found, but you, you tell me who yeah. you, your week six Heisman. I was pulled over toward Derek may with UNC. I was watching that game. I was at the gym. It was, it was on. He this looked really good. 442 yards passing, three touchdowns, 33 of 47, 14 rushing uh, attempts, 55 yards in a touchdown. He just looks solid. Now, granted, I mean, they just whipped Syracuse. Okay. But I'm not even going to say Syracuse was a bad team either. Like, no, no. It's, they kind of Drake made, May at home is yeah. absurd, and they are, I mean, that kid just, is awesome. It, it looked. It was almost like when you watch that game, it was like you would think if you never saw Syracuse, like, oh, they're just beating up on a bet. They just made them look like that. Now and Syracuse so I, is dealing with a bunch of injuries and whatnot. But yeah. here's the thing: Drake May does that to everybody. Yeah, like, see, it does, North Carolina doesn't have that great of an offensive line. They're pretty. They're pretty good. Mm -hmm. But like the stuff that he does, there, he had a throw yesterday where he sits in the pocket. And he kind of scans the field, and he throws it directly in between two defenders yes. right in the middle of the field. <laughs> I mean, and it's yes. got such a zip that they never even see it. Yeah, his passing just looking like that was just solid. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he actually has a legitimate chance at winning the award. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, my guy, Northern Illinois. 
you remember Northern Illinois. You were up there, right? Yeah. Running back, Ontario Brown against Akron yesterday, which, by the way, the Huskies won 55-14. to 14. He had 13 carries for 280 yards. That is 21.5 yards per carry, and he had four touchdowns. I have never seen a stat line like that in my life from a running back. It, to only, why did he only get the ball 13 times? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how, how much more ridiculous could these numbers have been, right? And, and I understand, you know, don't get me wrong. Ray Davis for Kentucky had 280 last week against Florida. But he carried the ball a lot. He got catches. He did it. This was 13 carries. For 280 yards. I, I don't remember the last time I saw a game where a guy had over 10 carries and he had over 20 yards per carry. That is that's, absolutely mind-blowing. That's like playing a video game. Yes. That that yes. is like legit like, oh, I'm playing a video game and my guy, you know, and I got to set on the lowest thing. What was what was the the yards that Buffalo uh, running back got like several years ago? He oh, got uh, gosh, I'm, I forget the guy's name. Uh, uh, but yeah, he he used to do something like that. But he didn't break those super long runs. No, right? no, he was rushing. I mean, 30, 40 times a game. Yeah, yeah. it was like seven touchdowns. Or, it was just like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, you remember who that coach was? That was Lance Leipold, who's oh, over yeah. at Kansas now, who hung fifty one on UCF yesterday. With a backup yes. quarterback. <laughs> so awesome. My my guy that could legitimately win it that showed out yesterday, Dylan Gabriel, was awesome. And and we're going to talk about him in just a little bit, but his numbers were fantastic. Uh, only the fourth time an OU quarterback has run for over 100 and thrown for over 250. I mean, he awesome. But we'll talk about that here in just a yeah. little bit. I was thinking him, and then I would say Caleb. I watched Caleb Williams last night. And in the that oh, I stayed he, up last night to watch that. He just seemed like the difference maker in that game. When he oh, needed he, to make a play, he can make a play. And it but was he can like, do it whenever he wants to. And that's yeah. what irritates me about him is because he is what would that USC team be without him? That's really watching that game. Who it, it was him. It it was Caleb Williams. Yes, it it's so frustrating because he, and I swear, there's the way that he carries himself. I think irritates me. I don't know what it is, but here, like I enjoyed everything about him last year, and this year it's mm, there's something there's something weird, something weird about it. And and maybe LFG in the in the comments here could tell me, but I just I don't know what is going on with Caleb Williams, and he he, he seems like he's a little more brash this year. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Kevin jumped in. Hey, what about uh, Jaden Daniels with LSU? Hey, he had a ridiculous stat line. He's got a ridiculous stat line every week. He could legitimately win the Heisman Trophy. Like, I, we're way early in this, right? We're the first yeah. week in October. Yeah. There's no telling who's going to actually show out. Uh, but, hey, I mean, it, Washington had an off week, and Michael Penix still is putting oh. up just stupid numbers. Yeah. Like, it's – there are still a lot of ways that this thing could go. A lot of ways it could go. Uh, but I like how USC and Notre Dame both just tried to completely ruin next week's uh, USC-Notre Dame game for NBC. 
like both of them, like <laughs> just, just stupid, just stupid. Uh, let's talk about our top fours. We let's uh, let's definitely do that. Um, I think when I wrote this down, I might have been a, uh, I might have been a bit biased. I might have been captured by the moment. <laughs> but I'll I'll start us off with this. Uh, our top four CFP teams for right now. Who would make our college football playoff at this moment? My number one, I got Oklahoma on here. I think I might have been a prisoner of the moment, my friend. (laughs) I think I got a little bit excited about them beating Texas. And that's not to say, I'm not saying anti-Texas stuff. I'm just saying, like, man, that game was really easy to get excited about. Uh, Number two, Florida State. I'm going to keep them up there, even though, eh, I think they maybe let Virginia Tech hang around a little bit much, a little too long. But they got the job done, so whatever. Number three, Georgia finally showed up to the party, uh, most certainly. And number four, I put Oregon in there. I moved Washington out. I just read it. I crumpled up the piece of paper, and I chunked it out of here. And I said, let me go back and look at my five factors rankings and who do I think has passed the eye test, et cetera, because we are only in week number six. And I put Oregon up there. So Oklahoma against Oregon. Florida State against Georgia would be my first matchups. Uh, Kevin jumped in. He uh, he said Oregon, Georgia, oh Michigan, Oregon, Georgia, and Penn State. Penn State has looked good, but uh, week eight, week eight, they go to Columbus, Ohio. So that's what I'm waiting on. Um, oh, LFG said Williams at every presser looks annoyed. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just I don't know what it is about Caleb Williams. But either way, it's not that I don't like him. I think he's he's a fan, a fantastic, fascinating mm-hmm. player. But who? All right, Huey, what have you got for your four? So I don't think George is going to be taken out of number one. So they did show up. They they it it was like oh, where have you guys been? <laughs> uh, I got Michigan two. I did. They are just they're they just are hammer now. Yes. They are they are not backing off whatsoever on it. Um, I have Oregon three USC just, it showed a week. They just did not look solid last night. Like that was like, okay, you're going, you, this could have been your trip up moment, but I felt like, okay, Oregon, I'm going with Oregon and then Florida state. I was worried that when I saw that, I was like Virginia tech for, I don't know. I have a feeling Virginia tech is going to just trip them up and this, but they handled them. So yes, that's did. the four, but, but I really, I am really wondering about was this next week, Oregon, uh, yeah, Oregon, Washington. Washington. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pack 10. Be there. Pac, oh yeah. Pack 12 <laughs> is just, it, oh, it's, it's wild. It, it's like, I don't, are, are you going to knock one of your top teams out? Are you, are you is that, is that what's going to happen? You're going to have these great teams and they're just going to knock one other out. And it's just, Oh, nope. You're going to get put in number five. I mean, think about it. That's exactly what happened yesterday. I mean, Washington state goes to UCLA after knocking off Oregon state who goes to Cal and knocks them off. And who like there, there are so many teams that will end up with, you know, a couple of losses because the whole damn league is stacked. Like they just got good quarterbacks and good play everywhere. And all of those environments, like we talked about last week, are hostile. Like it is tough places to go play because they are not easy to get to. Mm-mm. So Corvallis and and Pullman, like hidden advantages. 
in that you got to fly to a different city and then bus into that town. <laughs> like it's it's a different deal. So yeah, is what it is. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some games. Let's move on and let's talk games. The first one on the board here. Write down the times, of course. Red River Rivalry. All right, pull it up on the screen. Oh, I got to change that around so you can actually see what we're looking at. Boom, there we go. All right, 34-30, to Oklahoma gets the win. And my brother, Dylan Gabriel, 23 out of 38, 285, one touchdown. He had 14 carries for 113 yards and one touchdown that way. He, I think his experience helped big time in this game. And the reason I say that is I think a lot of people have been talking about Jackson Arnold coming in and eventually taking this job because he has been fantastic in the backup role. Everybody's been talking about him in camp, et cetera. He's been awesome. But all of the chaos, all of the mayhem, the constant pressure situations, you want a guy that has been through the battles that really knows what to do and how to stay composed. And Dylan Gabriel was that guy. He was so excited. He wanted revenge for last year because he didn't get to play. And his boys got whipped 49 to nothing last year. In this situation, total yards, Texas outgained them. Texas had more passing yards. Texas did not have more rushing yards. Um, but you look in the red zone, Oklahoma was six out of six. Texas was one out of three. And then, of course, turnovers. Very, very important. Texas had three of them, two Quinn Ewers interceptions, which, yes, some of them were batted up and all that kind of stuff, but that's the chaos effect, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think that Oklahoma won this game with their quick drive at the end of the first half to go up 20-17, to 17, and then they got the ball back immediately on that kickoff in the second half, and they went up 27-17. to 17. From there, it was great. They didn't score again until the last drive of the game, and that's where I think they got them is they they took advantage of that situation where they got the ball with very little time left in the first half, took advantage of that, and then opening drive of that second half, they scored kind of, kind of. I'm not going to say put the game out of reach, but made it incredibly difficult for Texas to come back here. Uh, give me give me your thoughts on this one. Man, th this game all it is always seems like it's crazy. Mayhem. It's so much emotion on both sides. And I would say, like, they don't stop fighting. They yeah. they, they they don't. And but, dude, this the drive the last drive, right? Where Texas had the ball. Why on earth would you not play to go down there and get a touchdown? Yeah. Like they weren't in a hurry. They weren't whatever, but they also were willing to just settle for the field goal and and left time on the clock like i don't i do not understand <laughs> yeah it yeah it, it just yeah oh you just seemed when he got there they wanted it more we want this we really really want it and they were just fighting so hard and uh the quarterback just just leaving it all out there he like he, he just the whole time he's battling he's fighting he's it just all the way through it, it was really it was him at the end just watching him play on those last drives like that was oh that was good oh it was crazy absolutely crazy uh i loved it i mean everything about you see this is the perfect kind of game right yeah so you can see on the screen the win probability 
where it skews Oklahoma, then it goes back to Texas, goes back to Oklahoma, back to Texas, back to Oklahoma, back it's just back and forth, back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. That's the perfect kind of game because there is emotion constantly. Like you are worried about what's going to happen. As you see, the green and the and the purple here. The green is good. Obviously, the purple is bad. Red zone success rate, 19% for Texas. That is 12th yeah. percentile in the country. Defensive run stuff rate, 19%. That is 7th in the country, as in 7th to the lowest, like because you're trying to get a higher number when you're talking about percentile here. Havoc rate, only 6%. They couldn't disrupt what Oklahoma was wanting to do on offense. That's that's the irritating part for Texas fans because you were told you saw it yourself against oh the vaunted Alabama offense. You went in and you shut down Alabama and you shut down backup quarterbacks all season. Wyoming's backup. Uh Rice. Well, Rice had JD, but regardless, that should be a backup, is what it is. Uh all season long. Baylor's backup. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. They only beat backup quarterbacks. And tonight, or last night, they got Dylan Gabriel, who is not a backup. And they were able to have explosive plays. They were able to generate drives, and they finished the drives. Six out of six drives they scored on. Six out of six red zone drives. That is crazy. And Texas was one out of three. Texas, to be fair, looking at just the overall efficiency and whatnot, Kind of still feel like Texas might be the better team, better overall team. Mm-hmm. But in this game, uh, Texas made enough mistakes that it gave Oklahoma a shot, and that's yeah, uh, that's how I feel about it. What a, I, I, yeah, I kind of felt Texas was the better team coming into this. Oklahoma, like you, you haven't really played a lot of really tough teams. You've had you've you played really really well, but this was going to be a big challenge on it and if it's like okay you can get past this like going forward your schedule looks pretty good but i i yeah i know this was really this really just hurt yeah but with Texas, it just really hurt possible national championship and 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 all that but oh uh, they, they just didn't i don't know they, they they just didn't amp themselves up i guess they thought maybe oh we're the better team we're going to come in here we're going to crush and and they didn't have a lot of, you know, it just seems like they have a lot of energy at the end. It, it just weren't, you know. Yeah, that, I think that's the crazy thing to me is like, okay, what are, what are you trying to accomplish by just kind of waiting this thing out and trying to run a little bit of clock? And it, they just looked confused and disoriented. And I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just yeah. a strange situation. Yeah, it, uh, it really seemed like Oklahoma at that end. We want this so bad, and 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 Texas was like, "We're just we're gonna win. We know we're just gonna do." And it's like, ow! It 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 just felt weird at the end. Uh, let's see, Gozerian Gozar. I hope I said that right. Uh, jumped into the chat. Hard to see these two not meeting in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I would imagine that they will probably be there, but. You never know. I mean, Texas, uh, sometimes they take a loss like this and it just changes everything for mm-hmm. them. So we will see. We will see what ends up happening. Um, my computer is doing weird things, man. Weird, weird things. I don't even know 
What is happening? There we go. All right. So we'll move on to the next game here. I will tell everybody the weird thing. If you ever come to Texas, I told this to Gary a moment ago. If you come to Texas on this game, everybody wears their team colors all day, all day. <laughs> From you get up, it's the Red River robbery. I can't say that, but they wear it all day, win or lose. I saw people wearing burnt orange stuff into the evening. Now, granted, yes, that you love your team and you're supporting your team. Some of the clothes were pretty hideous. Like, oh, yeah. Any other design, I don't think you would wear that out. But that was the crazy thing. And they do it with every Texas team. It's just, well, I would say Texas UT has like the gaudier stuff. Well, of course. You can spot it where AM is second, TCU. You throw some really in there. Yeah. TCU's in there. I guess that makes sense. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty close to TCU. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll see some worth like right there. Yeah. So, but they don't wear it like really like during the week a, a lot, but you'll see some purple on game day. But UT, you see UT and AM stuff, which throws me off. AM throws me off because I'm a state fan and I'm like, oh, Maroon, never mind. <laughs> yes wisconsin fans i would say wisconsin yeah. fans are, are pretty crazy too but you got to get up near them but you got to get near them well yeah that's, that's, that's the thing, thing. you got to be way up there yeah. way up there to be able to see them so but yeah they they go a little crazy too it's that the same be thing in alabama play. oh right oh. alabama it's alabama fans have got crimson on on saturdays oh. and auburn fans have got their navy and orange so like, much it's the same thing so much was it houndstooth oh my gosh yeah i didn't yeah. know you could make like in to shoes and dresses and just well, we can thank Paul Bear Bryant for that. I know and it's just it's wild. Speaking, hey, that's a good transition, by the way. Let's go ahead and do that. Alabama 26, Texas AM 20. We'll pop it up on the screen here. And Jalen Milrow, 21 out of 33, 321 yards, three touchdowns, one pick passing. Uh he I guess you could call it ran. He had eight attempts for negative 31 yards. A&M's defense was after him. Alabama ran the ball 26 times for 23 yards. Huh. Okay. And found a way to win a game on the road. I Before I really dive into this, I'm going to ask your opinion here. What, what did you think of this ball game? Because huh, it was rough. It was a rough watch. I'm laughing at the cowboy comment. Oh, NFL Cowboys fan. <laughs> Good gracious. <laughs> yes. Uh, I did I, I saw you. a car. I saw a car that was just all cowboy stuff. I said, like, that car is great, but it runs out of gas in December. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is you'll see those kind of cars in every major city in the yes. country. That you see them in Memphis all the time. Like yes. it's a, why? Like, I guarantee that you are not from Dallas. You don't even have family in Dallas. Why do you have yeah. cowboy stuff all over your car? Anyway, all right, so back right, to this. Yeah, tell me yeah, tell me right about here. Alabama and Texas that, A&M here. That, Alabama, that, that, I'll say this. They look mortal. They look like a normal team now. They don't look like yes. this elite team in, that we've gotten used to Alabama. And it's like, why are you letting A&M stay in this game like they like the whole rockiness with um fisher and 
just what, what, why are you letting them stay in this game? What, uh, what is their record? I, I, I've, I've forgot their record. What is it? Is uh, it three and two? Two and three? Yeah, eight is either three and two or four and two right now. It okay. might be four and two. I don't think they've had a bye week yet. Okay. Uh, it, but I'm like, why are you letting A and M? Let me let me ask you this question. What is is it only the loss to Miami as to why Texas A&M is not or was not ranked before today? Why on earth was that team not ranked? They are really good. However, counterpoint to what you were saying, because you were talking about it from the Alabama side. Why are you letting A&M hang around in this thing? If you are Texas A&M, why are you letting Alabama hang around in this thing? Like, yeah, what why, are you doing? Yeah. Because that was the craziest thing to me is Jimbo Fisher's coaching decisions throughout the game. This was the absolute pinnacle of what's going to happen, right? Because this is what everybody talked about the, the entire offseason. I think Bud Elliott was talking about it on the Cover 3 podcast as well. He said, and I, I remember him saying this back in June, July, whatever. You've got Bobby Petrino, who is aggressive on offense. He wants to go for the throat all the time and you have fourth and one a tie ball game and you are on the opponent's 45 yard line do you punt which is what jimbo would do or do you go for the throat do you let bobby petrino make that call and they punt it like that's the crazy i do not understand what you do that in multiple situations yesterday because that was that was insane uh, penalties, 14 penalties for Alabama, 99 yards. And I think nine of them were on the offensive line either. And this is pre-snap penalties. So formation or all start or whatever, what is happening? Like it, <laughs> this team is so undisciplined. It oh, is. Yeah. I want to tell you, did you watch the very end of the game? Uh, I think I may have missed. So, so All when the games are run together, when A and M, okay. So here is, okay, here's my issue. This is another Petrino situation. You are down twenty six to seventeen because Alabama got a safety in that fourth quarter. Yes, 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 yes. So you're down by two scores, and you have fourth and goal from uh, the two or the three yard line. And yes, you're down two scores. So you're going to have to get the ball back. But do you think that you are going to get that close to the goal line again with like only two minutes left in the game? Like you're going to, one of these is going to have to be a touchdown. So you're going to have to score. You're going to have to get into the end zone. Would you not take a shot from the three on fourth down at home? When you have had some success against this defense, I there's just didn't. It blew my mind. There, there's some teams that I just don't feel like they can score fast enough. And and I don't feel like AM was a team that could like, oh, we could get the ball and score within a minute. There, I'll tell you this. Uh, before this game over at PFF, um, their pass blocking grade was like number 103 before this game. <laughs> And I do not believe that it improved yesterday because Alabama was in that backfield constantly, constantly. And that's how they won the game. It was just defense. The other part of this, okay, when the game started, 
Um, it is very, very obvious that Jalen Milrow has zero intermediate passing ability, right? He cannot throw the ball between like eight and 19 yards. It's, it's just impossible. The first six passes that Jalen Milrow had, three of them were 40 plus yards down the field and they caught two of them. <laughs> they couldn't run the ball. And yet those defensive backs were so bad that they had guys just running wide open constantly. So if Milrow could throw it down there, they had guys that could go and get it. Jermaine Burton, the Georgia transfer from a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. nine receptions, 197 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Isaiah Bond had seven catches for 96 yards. He had a long of 52. Uh, Burton had uh, two of them that were that were over 40 yards. So he was constant, constant. And that's the thing. Other than that, you had uh, Jace McClellan, two catches for six yards. You had Amari Nyblack, uh, who had one catch for 12. Kobe Prentice, one for five. Malik Benson, one for five. That's it. Like, <laughs> that, that was the whole thing. Now, here's the issue that I have with Alabama is at the end of the game, and this is on coaches, I think, because it, you should know what your players can do and what they can't do, okay? Alabama has the ball. They recover the onside kick. You know that AM is going to use timeouts, et cetera. Alabama gets a ridiculously crazy first down play where I believe it was Jace McClellan who caught the pass and he like he goes down to the ground, but he bats it up to himself and then he stands up and he catches it and he runs for the first down, right? And there's like a minute 50, minute 50 something left, whatever it is. At that point, all you have to do is take knees and, and the clock runs out. That's all you have to do. And they line up. They, they jump back to the line and... Tom, and I understand what is going through Milrow's head because this is chaos. He hadn't been in this kind of situation, whatever. He lines up, and they have got everybody in the box because A&M knows, oh, well, they're just, they're going to run it or they're going to kneel it or whatever. There's no reason for us to do whatever. And Alabama's got one guy that is lined up all the way to the left, and he's just out there by himself. So Milrow... Snaps the ball, turns, and immediately throws it out there because, it, I mean, if he catches the ball, it's a touchdown. But you don't need a touchdown. No. And and that's not even the worst part. The worst part is, by God, he threw it in the dirt. I mean, it bounced to the guy. And Saban immediately called a timeout and was like, what the hell are you doing? Get over here. We got to talk about this. <laughs> because A&M was out of timeouts. And that one play, as quick as they snapped it, it it was leaving time on the clock. So then you, of course, you you run two more plays, and then you either have to punt. There's eight seconds left on fourth down, right? And, okay, what are we going to do? So then they have to run another play where Milrow just runs around to the backfield and throws the ball up in the air out of bounds. But, uh, again, he almost threw it too early to where it would have landed out of bounds with a second left, and then you give A&M the ball back at midfield with a chance to throw a Hail Mary. The the man, the management was putrid, absolutely yeah. putrid, and it was on both sides of the ball. 
because Jimbo Fisher, I mean, dear God almighty. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's insane. Uh, LFG said, when Milrow threw his interception, third and Milrow flashed through my mind from Parker. Yeah, uh, he said he's scarred for life. Um, LFG did say, I love how Alabama's front seven looked yesterday. Yeah, the defense looked fantastic. The offensive line, eh, definitely could have been better. I mean, they could not run on AM. No. At all. What what else did you see out of this one? Because I, <clears throat> I was so frustrated, I was about to scream. Yeah, it was... I don't know. It, it, it's it's not even like... Okay, one, it wasn't fun watching Alabama when they were like this powerhouse team because they just smoke everybody. Highly now disagree. It, well, <laughs> for you... But it like, but Made then for it easier this, Saturdays for me. Yeah, but for, like now it's like, dang, you can't do like. What are you doing? You don't, you, you don't do this. Like, yeah, like you said, their defense won in the game, just taking over. But I don't. Yeah, I just don't understand why why A and M just just go nuts in that game. And I don't know. Okay, this is this coming back from again from the Ole Miss game against Alabama. Where Kiffin is overthinking it, and then Fisher does whatever, and it's well, like Fisher, okay. Fisher does this every game. I mean, you you have games with Lane Kiffin where like they're playing LSU and he is just going for the throat all the time, right? Yeah. Against Alabama, it's like he's trying not to make mistakes, but Fisher is constantly trying not to make mistakes. Like, he just doesn't want to take a risk. And when you're playing a team that is. Uh, at, at least as talented, if not more talented than you are, yeah, you got to take risks. That's how this game is won now. Well, like two it, examples. Uh, who, who, who's Alabama got next? LSU. Uh, they play uh, Arkansas next week, and then Tennessee the week after that. Then a bye week, then LSU, and right. on and on. So it, it just seems like okay to get to Alabama. Just, just go all out. Just yes, play. Just go out. Just don't think about it. Just go nuts, and just and just have fun and play, and just see what happens. I uh, I got myself in a situation yesterday where, so on Thursday, I had some guys that I respect that are really sharp betters that texted me and were like, "Hey, what are you hearing on Milrow?" I'm like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And they said, "Hit up some of you guys down in Tuscaloosa." So I sent out a few text messages and I didn't get much back, and I'm like. Okay, what is going on? And I see this, I see the line start to move, right? And Alabama opened up, I think, a three and a half point favorite. Ended up at one point, this thing was close to a pick 'em. Uh, but I got it at a point where I bet the Texas AM money line at plus one ten. That was the best that I could find that the numerous books that I that I partake on. And so I got AM plus one ten, thinking that, okay, this Milrow hamstring thing, like and by the way, he didn't exactly take off running a whole lot. So maybe there was something to that, but he, he didn't look like he was hurting too bad. But either way, uh, I, got a, I got lucky because if you're live betting at some of these, I was able to get Alabama at plus 160 on the money line when they went down 17 to 10. So I got myself in a situation where no matter who won the ball game. I was going to make a profit. So I felt good about that. <laughs> I got lucky enough to be able to middle it uh, to where I'm not even a middle, uh, but it didn't matter if AM won or if Alabama won. I was, I was going to make money. And that's always a good thing. But who, uh, you look at these numbers. 
EPA per play, awful. Success rate, 36% for Alabama, 33% for A&M. Uh, yards per play, not bad, 6.03, which ain't bad considering, you know, you had less than one yard per carry rushing. Uh, EPA per rush, yeah, 12th percentile for Alabama, 19th for Texas A&M. Yards per dropback is the crazy thing. 8.54 yards per dropback for Alabama. Explosive play rate, 10% for Bama, 12% for A&M. Uh, third down success, Alabama was awful. Uh, A&M was okay, which I think all of that had to do with Anaya Smith. I mean, he was just – he and uh, and Le'Veon Moss were insane. Some of those plays from Anaya Smith were just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it was just bonkers. Uh, and then Havoc rate, both were pretty average. Uh, overall, like, this was a fun game to watch. Like, really fun game to watch. But, whew, you, you see over here on the side the expected points where it peaks for Alabama and then it drops. And both teams ended up with negative expected points on the day. <laughs> it was just, it was bad. It was bad. And now A&M has to go to Tennessee where they are an underdog this week. I don't know that I would make them an underdog, but I, I do wonder how much of, you know, you got to play Alabama and then you got to go on the road. How much does that play into it? Mm -hmm. So going to be interesting. Um, we are 40 minutes in. Are you good with going along today? Oh, yeah. I, I got a little bit more time today. So let's uh, let's hop out of that one and let's let's hit one of the games in the night slate. And we'll we'll kind of rapid fire through uh, some of the other ones here. But those were the two biggest of the day. Let's talk. Let's talk Louisville 33, Notre Dame 20. And my brother, uh, I thought there was a chance of this. Situationally, betting on Louisville made all the sense in the world, right? Because, it, I mean, the, the spot was perfect. And, and yet, I still didn't know how much I trusted Louisville. But they got it done in mm -hmm. a big, big way. Uh, that third quarter, it was 7-7 at the half. And they came out in that third quarter and just showed up. I mean, it was just, let's see. Let's do uh, let's do the comparison, and we'll do quarters. All right, second half, 205 total yards to 148. Ran the ball 21 times for 5.6 yards. They threw the ball 12 times for 88 yards, so didn't need much there. They were... They were just the better team overall. Third quarter only, 148 yards to 53, uh, and that wasn't running the ball. They were six out of seven passing, 78 yards. I mean, this team was awesome. Louisville yeah. Louisville had the significantly better coaching staff, mm -hmm. I think, because they were way more prepared for this. And just in game management mode, they were awesome. The Jordan kid, 21 carries for 143 yards, Audric Estime could do nothing against that Louisville defensive line. 10 carries for 20 yards. Now, I don't know how much of that is. They've just been, like, this is the third straight primetime game. They've played seven straight games with no bye week because they played week zero in Ireland and then came back and played at home the next week. I, I think they might have just run out of gas, but now you got USC next week. So this was like the perfect sandwich spot. You got a crazy game against Duke last week right after you lost to Ohio State. Now you got Louisville on the road, and you got USC coming in next week for a massive game. Yeah. 
rough, rough spot. Uh, but look, Plummer looked fantastic. The Louisville quarterback, uh, Jamari Thrash, was awesome. What uh, what did you take away from this one? I was wondering about Notre Dame's strength of schedule. So just looking at this because I'm like, man, it, it seems like they've just been in this like fights every every week from Ohio State, then Duke, um, this this week. Uh, and like, I thought that might have prepped them for this, yeah, right? because Louisville had played nobody. Yeah, I mean, it, like their their toughest games were against Indiana and Georgia Tech, and they were tight. Yeah, Ugh. and Go and ahead. then at the then like the fourth quarter when it got down to like, okay, th this is game time. We need to focus. It seemed like Notre Dame just fell apart. Like they went into panic mode. The passes were getting picked off. Just weren't. And it's like, it, and before it just felt like Notre Dame was like, we're going to show up. We're going to, we're going to stay focused. We may get down. We're, we're just going to, we're going to keep on it. They all just like fell apart, is what it seemed like. And Louisville just no, nope, they're taking advantage. They're still playing. They're playing off the emotion and and just. And we've seen I, those kind of games from Hartman before when he was at Wake Forest, right? It's yeah. it, everybody looked at him. Oh, he is the best quarterback Wake Forest has ever had. Oh, he leads the ACC historically in touchdowns. All this kind of stuff. And yesterday was one of those games. Three interceptions. They had five turnovers in the game. It only led to 10 points, but when you lose by 13, that's kind of a big deal. This was, it looked like a Notre Dame team that just ran out of gas. They needed yeah. a bye week in the worst way before this one. Yeah. Like, why? So the, why? the beginning of their schedule was tough, man. They had to play at NC State, which this isn't a great NC State team this year, but that's still a, a tough game. Uh, mm. But you do that, you play Ohio State, you play Duke. And then you got to go to Louisville with Jeff Brom, and now you got to play USC. After that, they got to play Clemson down the road. Like it, there there are some easier games on the schedule left. But who I, I picked Notre Dame to go eight and four before the season started, and you would have thought, like when they got their their quick start against a bunch of nobodies, you would have thought that I had like talked about somebody's mother with the way that these Notre Dame <laughs> fans were coming at me. Like, oh, you thought this team was going to lose four games? Are you insane? Like, no, y'all just hadn't gotten to the rough part of the schedule yet. Yeah. Like, just wait. It's coming. So, here we are. I, if Louisville can do this on offense, which it, it's not like they did anything super crazy, 330 yards total offense isn't, isn't great. But USC, and we'll probably hit on that here in a little bit. USC, man. Like I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do, but I don't think USC is mm -hmm. going to be able to block the the running game for Notre Dame. Just a thought. What uh, what else do you take away from this one? That that was the biggest thing. It just looks like yeah, Notre Dame. You you come out. I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna handle this. Again, seven seven first first half like. That was your chance to take advantage of it. All right. Okay. And then, yeah, Louisville coming out in the second half. Yeah. And and just Notre Dame just falling apart. And it's so surprised. I'm like, they looked so good, so put together. That, that was the big – and, yeah, just bad pass. Well, I don't, I don't know even know if say it was a bad pass, but maybe rushed on some of the plays, and they're just kind of panicky. And it's just like they just didn't say, okay, look, Calm down, guys. Let's do our work. 
Yeah. So the Louisville defense uh, really showed out. Oh, really they did. Out. They did. I was uh, I was very impressed with them. Um, they this Louisville defense has been good all year, and they'll mm. they'll continue to be good. But it, that was just situationally, it made all the sense in the world. Uh, I did not think that Louisville was that good, and yet here they are. Here they are. Yeah. Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Let's, uh, let's go quickly through some of these other games right quick. Uh, UCLA 25, Washington State 17, and this was a game that was just Ooh. bananas. Uh, you and I had to go back and watch the uh, the replay of this one. UCLA outgained them by 200 and... 270, 260, somewhere around there. 482 to 216. Yeah. Uh, only had 12 rushing yards. Now, granted, they only ran the ball 19 times, but that's still pretty crazy. Um, sack adjusted rushing yards, uh, 37 for Washington State. <laughs> it's only 2.3 per. But UCLA ran it uh, for 217 sack adjusted yards. Just crazy, crazy. Uh, passing yards, Dante Moore, 22 out of 44, 290 with one touchdown and one interception. Uh, the red zone stuff. UCLA got into the red zone seven times, only got points on four of them, uh, but they held the ball for almost 40 minutes. They ran like 97. Oh, there it is right there. 97 plays to 59. Sure. That that does not happen with the new clock rules. And Jim no. Kelly has figured out how to take advantage of this. Uh, I This is the Pac-12. Washington State looks great at home. And they're going to go on the road, and they will get beat by, you know, better teams or even teams, right? Because I, I think that this game might have been a little bit different if UCLA had had to go to the Palouse. Mm-hmm. You got to feel the same way. Yeah, six just, turnovers it, in this game. Yeah, it, it just watching it was like, where, where is Wazoo? Like, LSU, LSU, UCLA was a better team. Just yes, play and just, I'm like, wow. That's been the fun thing with the Pac-12 this year. You just don't even know now. It's like, oh, Wazoo's gonna is gonna win. They're gonna take it. Nope, nope. Here comes UCLA. Like, what? You see all this purple for the team stats here? Jeez. I mean, it's just it was bad. EPA per play is negative point five five. That is zero percentile, zero with percent. I mean, it's the worst that you could have been yesterday. 
out of all the teams that played yesterday, they were they were the worst. Uh, EPA per drop back, fifth. EPA per rush, third percent. Uh, yards per play, sixth percent. Like they, they could not get anything going. They couldn't stop. Twelve percent defensive run stuff rate, zero with percentile. They couldn't stop. UCLA was bashing them at the line of scrimmage. It was constant. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it's pretty crazy. Now, they did create some havoc, which is, I mean, my gosh, look at the turnovers. Uh, but still, Washington State had four turnovers, and UCLA only had two. Uh, Cam Ward, 19 out of 39, 197 yards, one touchdown, one or two interceptions. Um, they found ways to get to him. Mm -hmm. That UCLA defense, man. Yeah, that defense they're legit. good. They are legit. So, cheers to UCLA because I think we're going to see this in the Pac-12 all year long. It's just a, wherever you got to play, good luck. Good I'm luck also, with that. I'm also kind of wondering, are the schools, again, is there something going on in class at, at certain times of the year that is carrying over the, the effect to the athletes? Is it? Your exams are coming up. Do you have? Is there something going on on campus? Maybe that's some factor that we need to start looking at. Okay, when our exam, because USC looked down, and Wazoo looking down, and then last week some good teams just didn't look that good. So I'm like, okay, are we getting at a point when there's something going on in, in school? Maybe, maybe that could be something. Maybe, maybe. Okay, we're looking at all factors. We're just looking at all factors. Let's see. I'm going to pull this up and see. Okay, so Washington State Washington State has uh here I'll pull it up. Let's see. They've got Arizona coming in next week and then Oregon the week after that. So it wasn't a look at spot for them. Yeah. Uh Maybe UCLA. UCLA plays at Oregon State next week, which hey, that's going to be a fantastic Ooh. ball game. Ooh. Um yeah, I mm, it, maybe it is something to do with that. Like USC, I can blame that on. Hey, they're going to play Notre Dame next week. Yeah, right. So look ahead spot. But mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that is something we we're gonna have to pay attention to. Is is there something going on with class schedule or whatever else? Right. Uh, let's talk about this. This is gonna be a longer show today. I can tell. <laughs> Oh, Georgia fun. Tech 23, Miami 20. Oh, so gracious. Did not anticipate talking about this one. But if you look at. <laughs> okay, so let's let's take a look at the drive uh, drive chart. Okay, they went 74 yards in four plays in only 25 seconds to win the game. And. So if you're Miami, obviously five turnovers is bad. Okay, <laughs> that's obviously that is bad. That's a, you're, but you're in a position to where you are. You're going to win the game. Georgia Tech has no timeouts left. You're going to win the game. All you have to do is kneel it. And Miami instead decides to run the ball. And I don't know if if I'm a coach, I am just trying to get out of there with the victory. I'm not worried about stats. I'm not worried about anything else other than 
just win the game. That's all it is. And if you take out that last drive for Georgia Tech, which they never should have had, Miami outgains them by nearly 300 yards. They had 454 total yards, and Georgia Tech ended with 250. But that's because you added on those 74 yards at the end. So really, they were at like 175. So 454 to 175, and you would have had a three-point, or yeah, I guess a three-point win because it was 20 to 17. All you have to do is kneel it. Like, that's the whole thing. All you got to do is kneel. And instead, they run the ball with, eh, how much time was left when they got the ball back? 26 seconds left. All you had to do was kneel it. Georgia Tech had no timeouts. It's not like, and even the announcers were going, what are you doing? Like, what? And this was before he fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, counterpoint, I don't think that was an actual fumble, but they went back to review, and because of the color of the jersey that Miami was wearing, <laughs> they couldn't tell when the ball came loose. But you can, looking on it, you can tell when the guy starts to rip the ball away. And it's after his elbow has already hit the ground. So I don't think it was a fumble. But because they called it a fumble on the field, they could not overturn the call. And I don't blame them for that. Because I do think Miami deserved to lose the fumble. But it that is, I, I think Parker tweeted it and said, like, that this is tarmac stuff. This is when you get fired, like, immediately after the game. Now, they're not going to do that because it's Mario Cristobal in his second season. But that kind of stuff... That is gross negligence. It is unbelievable. Uh, aside from that, like Miami dominated the game, but I mean, it, it, the touchdown drives, 26 yards, they kicked a field goal after a six-yard drive. Um, yeah, I just, there's no reason why Georgia Tech should have been in this ball game, but Miami kept them in it. Because they <laughs> they had drives and they just turned the ball over, like ten plays, thirty yards, turnover on downs. Ten plays, forty four yards, interception. Uh, Twelve plays, sixty five yards, couldn't finish the drive, had to kick a field goal. Eight plays, fifty yards, touchdown, interception there that led to a touchdown. Five for fifty three, interception. Like ten for fifty two, and they fumbled earlier. Like I just, I. Just have no idea what to make of it. And Georgia Tech, I mean, he threw one of those interceptions in the end zone. So you missed yeah. out on at least three points kicking a field goal if you didn't if you didn't score. So I I felt like the it was mainly the turnovers that just really got Miami early in the game. Like you you left points because of these interceptions the interception in the in the end zone okay that could have been at least three points a couple other times interceptions well okay well that took away points as well that weren't convert so but yeah this that in like and as well with the running back like why don't you just go down like he fought for a little bit more like go down but that's the, like the coaches should not have put him in that situation yeah right you, because you, i think the instincts the take over and you're just yeah. trying to fight and i get yeah. it yeah, you're trying to do that, and it's easy. Yeah, it's easy for me to say, just go down. I'm not the I'm not the guy on the field. Uh, you know, and your coaches are, are running plays. Yes, like, 
I, I'm, I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. Just, just kneel on the ball. Just fall down. Just whatever. This is never what you want to see, right? Play 171. Miami has a 91.2% win probability. And then I'll play 172 if I can. Come on. Play 172. Georgia Tech has a 95 point. When you have a complete just 180 on win probability, <laughs> like that is, that's one of the crazier things I think I've ever seen. That was, if if you are Miami, like those players have got to, and, and part of this might have been that Miami was looking ahead to this game with North Carolina that's coming up this week. But my God, when you have already turned the ball over, you know, so many times. Why on earth, when you've got the lead, all you have to do is kneel it out. I just, unless he was just trying to pad stats, which again, you already have a damn near 300 yard advantage. Yeah. What are you trying to accomplish with this? It's not like you're going to cover a spread. You were favored by 21 points. There was nothing to gain from that. And yet here we are. And it, he did this before, like Brett McMurphy tweeted this out last night, 2018, when he was uh, the head coach at Oregon, instead of kneeling it out and just running out the clock against Stanford, they were up 31-28, I think it was. And instead, he runs the ball, they fumble, Stanford recovers, drives it down the field, scores uh, a field goal to take it to overtime, and then Stanford wins it overtime. Like, just Unbelievable. Just, I couldn't even, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm going to take it off the screen because, God, if I'm a Miami fan, I'm, I've got to be just livid. Because and that's... Also, and then on that pass, how is he that wide open with that big of a pass? At least you could have played, played prevent or just, it was just like, how did he get that far downfield and wide open? Like, oh. I don't have an answer for that. I really don't. I have no idea what in the hell they're thinking. Like, no idea. Uh, let's move along. Because that is, we spent too much time on that. <laughs> we shouldn't have, we, we, it, there's no reason for us to talk about it. But it, it's coaching negligence is what it is. Yeah. If you are a coach that has paid millions and millions of dollars and you are leading young men, you should never put them in that position. And that's exactly no, what Chris. And they and he was so upset on the sideline. He was the the player that fumbled. Yeah, the yeah. he was crying on the side. You just you just know you just let your team down. Even it wasn't your fault. Whatever the other guy did a, a very good play. It just could have happened. It was not his fault whatsoever. Right. Exactly. It, you know. And if you run that thing a hundred times, you probably wouldn't have fumbled it ninety nine other times. But in that game, when but, you had already turned the ball over, you know, time. four times. Yeah, just absurd. Uh, let's move on. LSU 49, Missouri 39. And, man, if you Ooh. had a Missouri betting ticket. Talk, you, first off, closing line value. Uh, I mean, you had it, right? Especially if you bet early in the week. LSU came out favored by 6.5. And, and that thing would immediately drop down to 5.5. It sat there for a good portion of the week. It dropped down to 4.5 on, like, Thursday. By Friday, this thing was at 4 Saturday morning, it got down to three and a half, three at some places. Like LSU was only favored by a little bit. And then Missouri comes out and puts up 22 points in the first like 17 minutes of this game. They were up 22 to seven on LSU. And LSU 
cooked. They absolutely cooked. Like this was, you see the total yardage here. Let me pull it up on the screen. Uh, the total yards, LSU 533, Missouri 527. That's, I mean, you're not going to stop this LSU offense. Mm. So if you are Missouri, you got to score every time down the field. And in the second half, they got outscored 32 to 14 in that second half. The pick six at the end of the game was the most brutal bad beat that I can remember in a very long time because you had already stopped LSU because LSU was just trying to run out the clock. All you had, like you, you're, you have an LSU defense that has not been able to stop you all day, really. And you get the ball back with a chance to go down the field and kick an extra or kick a, a field goal to tie the game, send it to overtime. And Brady Cook throws a pick six that blows the cover, loses the game. Like it was, and for LSU fans, I am certain that that was just like, oh, thank God, our defensive actually, like our secondary made a play. Something happened, right? Whew, this was so back and forth. Um, Missouri's running back, Schrader, the kid that had transferred in from, I think, D2, uh, 13 carries for 114 yards. That's pretty good. But on the other side, the Notre Dame transfer, Logan Diggs, that came in, 24 carries for 134 yards and a touchdown. Jaden Daniels had uh, 15 carries for 130 yards, and he was 15 out of 21 passing, 259, and three touchdowns. Like, this kid is going, I think he will be in New York for the Heisman, even if they lose another game. And they still got AM to play. They still got Alabama to play. Uh, they got to go on the road to Alabama. But other than that, I think that their toughest games are already, I think they're already out of the way. Um, tell me, tell me your thoughts on this one. What, what did you, what did you make of LSU and their, uh, I'm not going to say miraculous comeback, but whew, that was, that was certainly something. They have talent. I'll say that LSU's got talent, always can get talent. And then I was thinking to him, like, why are you letting, you know, again, why is Missouri winning this game? But Missouri's doing really, really well this year. Were they what five and one, five and two? Yeah, I think they're five and one no. now. They play at Kentucky this week. Okay, who just got shellacked? We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But, but Missouri looking good. Yeah, I'm. I'm Drinkwitz yeah, against the bad defense is awesome, right? Yeah. He can he can draw them up. Like the they call him the nerd for a reason. Yeah, and it, it really seemed like, yeah, it came down there, and LSU, like, it looks like, oh, LSU handled this game. Like, no, that that, that pick six at the end is what yep. did it. it they, they didn't – they were hanging in the game, and that, that just tipped them up a little bit. They more. did play a little bit better in the second half. Obviously, yeah, you they hold Missouri to better. 14 points. That's good. Uh, Luther Burden, by the way, was just ridiculous. Uh, I pulled up the schedule for LSU. You got through, I think, the most difficult part. Uh, you got Auburn this week, but that one's at home. And then you got Army after that. Then you got a bye week before going to Alabama. But my brother, look look at what they got. The only road game left is at Alabama. After that, you got Auburn, Army, Florida, Georgia State, Texas A&M, all in the friendly confines of Baton Rouge. That ain't bad. Like, that ain't bad at all. So I was, like, I am... 
if, if I'm an LSU fan, I am ecstatic because I, I think maybe you lose the Alabama game, but I don't know that that's a guarantee because this LSU offense is clicking. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're awesome. So, yeah, just it, uh, Luther Burden, there he is. 11 receptions, 149 yards, but didn't have a touchdown. Uh, Theo Weiss, four receptions, 80 yards, one touchdown. I, I was a little surprised that they didn't get Burden the ball even more. <laughs> uh, Malik Neighbors was awesome, by the way. Six receptions, 146 yards. He was pretty good. And then uh, Brian Thomas Jr., uh, 66 yards receiving and one touchdown. Had a 42-yarder. Uh, yeah, this was, again, you see the back and forth, just the, it's all Missouri. And then it's not Mm -hmm. just crazy. Just crazy. Uh, Last game I wanted to hit on. Let's go on and pull it up. I'll write the time down. Look at that. We're already over an hour. All right. I guess you can't go to Laramie and and win a game as a favorite. I guess that's how that's going to work now. Uh, Fresno State, 19, Wyoming, 24. And my brother... Andrew Peasley had the game of his life in the second quarter of this game. Wyoming scored 21 points in the second quarter, did not score again the rest of the ballgame. Wyoming's defense held up really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did you get odds on this one? What did you think of this one? I did. I I I had it on the fourth grade. I had it on this. Got to watch Fresno because, you know, everyone that, you know. They're the, they're the darlings got to make this like the sec and fresno you know <laughs> i was watching it and i was like no no fresno no don't do this to me i've got a lot invested in you right now a lot just don't but they when the second half come back i'm like oh oh okay you come back i will give i will say one thing at the end of the game that fresno was looking good on that on that that last drive and the defensive lineman has, you know, every defensive lineman's dream, an interception, and he gets to return it. Oh, yes. So, I mean, the the fat guy in me was happy for that. <laughs> to see you bat the ball up, you did, you you catch it, and I'm like, no, they were going to win the game. But it was like also like, oh, that's just so awesome to see a, a, a defensive end, a big guy, get an interception uh, like that. but. Cole tough place out. to play. Yes, that's How big. Him. Is he? Uh, it does not. I don't think it gives a stat uh, on here. He's a pretty big guy. He was. He was trucking. He was yeah. trucking. He uh he had four total tackles, one solo tackle, uh half a sack, had half a tackle for loss, and then an interception. And the only interception the, of the game. Yeah, th- that and just I thought Fresno was like, okay. You, you're going to come into the end. You're going to drive down the field. You're going to get this. You you good. But yeah, Fre- but Laramie's a tough place to play. Fresno oh, yeah. looked good going in there and, and fighting like there. Do you think it'll knock him out of the top 25? Fresno? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I, I think Wyoming could take their place. Yeah, I, well, I was kind of thinking that. I'm thinking, like, yeah, Wyoming, because they're looking good, too. And It, just, it, it, was, it was that second quarter. I mean, that yeah. was it. Like, was the it. whole thing. Uh, because... Wyoming was able to get down the field 137 yards. They were three out of three uh, in the red zone, four out of four on third down. Like Peasley was insane. 
in the second quarter. Uh, let's see, passing. Nine of 11 uh, with three touchdowns for 87 yards. Like he was, it, it was, it was the game of his life. Yeah. He is right not there. supposed to be a good quarterback. No. <laughs> but they did the perfect thing in the second half. Uh, they only threw the ball seven times in the second half. They were just trying to run clock. Mm-hmm. Like they were three out of seven passing 39 yards. Uh, they ran the ball 15 times for only 41 yards in the second half. Like they almost gave the game away, but Hey, Craig bowl knows what he's doing. Uh, this was, I mean, it was it was Wyoming the whole time. Yeah, it, it, the, from that they, second they, quarter on. Yeah, like unbelievable, unbelievable. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Fresno probably out. Just to guess, I'm, I'm going to guess that Wyoming will take their place. Uh, just think about it, man. If Wyoming had not lost to, like, if they had not scheduled Texas, they'd be in a good spot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what it is, I guess. Is there what? All right, four and one, five and one. Yeah, they're five and one now. Five and one, a win over uh, Texas Tech at home. Mm-hmm. Not bad, not bad. All right, so we're gonna do more reaction. Let's get through the rest of these. Let's see what we got. Da da da. All right, we have got the SEC and. What did you think when you saw that Georgia score early? That Georgia finally showed up. Oh, early. Well, I mean, it was 30, it was 34 to 7. Yeah. Right at the half. It was just uh, abysmal. Like it was a beating. It was so yeah. it was so uh disgusting. <laughs> I and, and I'm thinking, like, did Kirby Smart like get on all their rear ends of like you need to quit? Doing all this, your better team better show, and so they showed up. That's a hundred percent of what happened. Uh, Carson Beck, three eighty nine with four touchdowns, one pick. Uh, Ray Davis, you know who ran for two eighty against Florida last week, mm-hmm. fifteen carries, fifty nine yards. Like they they are starting. Georgia is starting to use Brock Bowers in the way that they should have from the very beginning. Seven receptions, one hundred thirty two yards. He had one touchdown. Like just just awesome, just awesome. Uh, Ole Miss. 27 to 20 over Arkansas. Uh, they had to score 10 points in the fourth quarter. This was Arkansas, I think, had a good showing considering they. Let's see. LFG said thanks for the content. Hey, no problem. Deuces, my friend. Um, so Arkansas completely reshuffled their offensive line this week. They moved the right guard to center, even though he had never played the position. Uh, they just they had to find some way to protect KJ Jefferson. They couldn't figure it out. And man, these Arkansas fans are all over Sam Pittman right now. Uh, what did you make of this game? Because I, I had this on one of my four screens, and yeah, it it just seemed like Arkansas was consistently just hanging around with a yeah. chance to win this ball game. Yeah, like. Because they had LSU last week. Uh, LSU was two weeks ago. They had A and M last week. A and M, yeah. I I think they're yeah they're just hey, Pittman got to keep my job. I want to stay here. He's an Arkansas guy. Oh, Miss is I a tough they, team. Their schedule, man. Like so, they have lost four yeah. straight. BYU, LSU, A and M, 
at Ole Miss. Now they've got at Alabama. Then they play Mississippi State at Florida, Auburn, FIU, and then Missouri. Yeah, they got a. I don't know where the six like I I can't get to six wins here. Yeah, I I was kind of looking at that a little bit, and I I mean I was I was worried when we have to play them in a couple of weeks. Yeah, like, I mean because oh. State's got to go too favorable. Yeah, like oh that's ugh. so, and it's the week before a bye week for them. Like that's that's going to be rough. Uh, I I didn't. I, I mean, Ole Miss. I, this was the perfect spot for Arkansas to come in there because. Ole Miss was coming off of just the euphoric oh, yeah, 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 yeah. win over LSU, right? That's right. It was, yeah. But Ole Miss now, they're uh, they're five and one. Uh, who do they have left? What do we, come on, load up. Uh, Auburn, Vanderbilt. Yeah, okay, so they could probably win both of those. Uh, you got A&M at Georgia, Louisiana Monroe at Mississippi State. Ole Miss, let, let's say they lose to A&M and they lose to Georgia. Okay, and it could be it could be that they lose to Auburn and whatever, right? Like one other one. So maybe they maybe they lose to Georgia and, and Mississippi State. Who knows? Uh, I think Ole Miss could be a nine and three team. I'm not counting on that one. I think they're gonna go. <laughs> I think they're gonna just. I'm not even looking forward to that game. I, I'm not. I'm gonna watch it, and I'm probably gonna have enough alcohol to like drown my sorrows. Is they're looking so good. They just look. They just look good. Yeah, Ole Miss. Even even in games where it looks like uh, they they could end up getting beat. Yes, they find a they, way to win. Yeah, they Don't. they're just scrappy. They're gonna they're gonna. That's the way it goes. Uh, M Goboski jumped in on the chat. He said this channel is so underrated. Hey, the checks in the mail, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> we, share share we it certainly around. Appreciate that. Share, share it around. <laughs> and just so you also should know this. This banter between me and him have, has been going on for like twenty plus years or something. Uh, like no, that. like thirty five years. Thirty something. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I so, think we met when I was five years old. Yes, we four. met when we were. Very, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, this is what we do. This is what we do. Uh, Florida thirty eight fourteen went over Vandy. Uh, State like not being able to put away Western Michigan. Oh. Three uh, was three hey, and three team. Ugh. So I heard Bud say that he thinks that Zach Arnett is actually still on his interim contract. Oh, I haven't seen that. So if he's still on his interim contract, um, who do you think's coaching Mississippi State next year? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Bring back Mullen. Mullen was. That's, a good, I was gonna say that. <laughs> So I met a guy here in in the gym. He had a Mississippi State backpack and, and football on it. And I was like, Did you play for state? He said, Yeah. He goes, I he he played um for Moorhead. So he okay. had, he had played okay. played a little bit for Mullen and Moorhead. Mullen and Moorhead or yes, Moorhead? He had a little bit, uh, he had a, he had more of more Moorhead than he did Mullen. Okay. He said nobody respected Moorhead. The he goes, yes. he did not have the respect of the team. Everyone respected um, Mullen. They were, they were, you know, he was in the locker room. They respected him. No one respected Moorhead. He said, I wish I could play for Leach. He said, I wish I had one more year to play with Leach. Like he was so excited oh. that he was coming. And, and, you know, that's the way it goes. That is the way but, it goes. Uh, I don't, Mullen, I don't I feel think. like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like Zach, he doesn't, he doesn't fit. 
He just doesn't fit. I think he could. He's just really young, and to come in and when you're really young and you get the job specifically because of the guy that came before you, to not keep some yes. of the things like that just yeah. I don't Will, know. Will Will Rogers goes from throwing forty times a game to like ten. Yes, it's like he's like a an, senior. In, yeah, I don't understand it. Like you bring in an offensive coordinator that runs pro style and you try that for a little while and that doesn't work. Well, then you go back to, you know, Rogers throwing the ball 40 times a game against like South Carolina. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I can't figure out what he wants to do. Uh, he, I don't think he knows what his identity is. Um, but that, that ain't a, it ain't a good place to be because yeah. you have a roster that was built for one thing and you're deciding to try and do something completely different with it. it State has done better when they do a spread, a, a different offense, trying to line up in the SEC. We're just going to run power. No, because you got some big guys out there. You can't do that. You got to get them running around. You get, Yeah. In State's the middle of the team. And I'm saying this because I'm a State fan, so you can't come after me. I know we're, we're like middle of the SEC. We're fighting for that right there in the middle. and. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, let's move on to the Big Ten right quick. And, oh, Daryl Turner jumped in on the chat. He said, Fresno and Texas uh, loss would be a big deal come conference playoffs because Fresno and Texas will get payback, okay? Uh, okay, are we, I mean, are we completely certain about that? Because if Wyoming ends up going to the conference championship game to, to face Fresno, Wyoming has the tiebreaker. So, Wyoming would probably get to. Uh, I think they'd get to host. Like in the Mountain West, it's not a it's not a one spot. They're not going to Las Vegas like to play in Allegiant or something. Like the home team hosts. So you're telling me Fresno would have to go to Laramie in December? Oh, oh. I mean, oh, <laughs> oh yes. I, I think the Texas can absolutely get payback on. on oh Oklahoma. yeah. So we we saw that in 2018, I think, when Tom Herman was the uh, the coach, and Oklahoma mm-hmm. uh, lost to him in Red River. It was like 48-45. Dicker the kicker got that one, and yeah, and then of course uh, you get to the conference championship game, and and you know Kyler Murray and that bunch I didn't blow him out, but 39-27 I think was the score there. Uh, Big Ten, Nebraska beat Illinois. Illinois is bad, bad. They are. They are so bad. And Matt Rule is finally at a point in the schedule where, you know, they can uh, they can figure a few things out. Nebraska is three and three. Let's take a look at their schedule right quick. Now, I'm not worried about Illinois, but Nebraska has Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa. You think they can get three of those? Oh, oh, I think for sure. I think they could get the next three. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think they can get the next three. So that that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty interesting. All right, cheers, Huskers fans. Let's uh yeah, let's get this out to a bowl game, huh? Uh Michigan over Minnesota, 52 to 10. That was whew. Yeah, whew. That, this, this was one of my best bets. Uh I don't know why Michigan was only favored by like 19 and a half most of the week. I think it got up to 20, it got bought back down. Minnesota is Michigan light. And Michigan, I think Michigan. The way that they have looked, I think that's the best team in the country. 
Oh yeah, I I I, I totally agree on that. I th- I think they're overall best team in the country, but Georgia's just going to keep getting the number one. Oh yeah, spot. well especially now. Yeah, especially now. I mean, it, well, it, and to be fair, I mean, you win two straight national championships. I, I think you yeah, get the benefit you, of the doubt. <laughs> Uh, if they Maryland. keep this up, I really want to see. Yeah. Oh yeah, I want Michigan, to see Georgia. I I want to see those teams. Wins is November the first time that we get to see Michigan against like a a good opponent. Come on, come on. There we go. Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. And okay, they don't. So, uh, yeah. And and they don't seem to be like. If they don't look ahead, they just seem to go like, "Hey, we're just going to beat the snot out of you. We don't care. We're just going to come and beat the snot out of you." Well, their first show four you games, they just kind of took it easy and tried out a few things and whatever. Imgo Bosky said, "Uh, we don't want the hype. We just win in the playoff." And I, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's the biggest thing. That's what they haven't done thus far. Um, but they look like they are they are set up in the trenches this year to be able to get that done. So we'll we'll see. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crown them yet, but who? Yeah, that's November 11th against Penn State, and they get Penn State at home. So, or no, no, on the road. It's at Penn State. Sorry. Uh, all right. So Maryland and Ohio State. This game nearly broke me. Okay, I had. Uh, so I'm not gonna tell you what my unit size is. Uh, I had I had a one unit play on Maryland, and this thing got back up to 20. And I put another half unit on Maryland plus 20. Okay, now that one canceled out. No big deal. But I got to pull this up to show you what happened here. Okay, uh, because I don't believe I had it on. You see the TVs behind me. Okay, I had I had it on the TV that is on the left side or on the right side. Excuse me. The play by play here. Let's see exactly how much time was left. Uh, Maryland goes up. 17 to 10 with 11 minutes left in the third quarter. Okay. So at that point, I have a 27 point advantage as far as the spread is concerned. I had, I had Maryland plus 19 and a half. I had Maryland plus 20. Okay. And it goes from Ohio State being down by seven to tie ball game in two minutes. Maryland throws a pick. Ohio State kicks a field goal. Maryland punts. Ohio State scores a touchdown. And this is unknown. I don't even remember what happened here. Uh, oh, fourth down. Who? Whatever. Whatever happened. But yeah, Ohio State, a 17-yard drive to go up by 17. At that point, I'm still good. Punt, field goal to get to 20, and then another three and out and punt. So I get beat by half a point. Now, the other one canceled out, right? It was a push. But I got beat by half a point because Maryland kept giving them like short fields. A 27-yard drive and a 17-yard drive. I, <laughs> and this one was a 33-yard drive for a field goal. Like I, 13 points on drives that that netted a total of what? Like that's 44 right there and 30 so 70 70 yards to give me 13 points and I missed the bet. Just frustrating. Well, I think you had Ohio State. Oh, that I think you had, didn't you mention like this could be a little trip up game for them because Maryland's been looking pretty good. 
Oh yeah. I was I was all bought in on the Terps. I thought that they had the better quarterback. Like they obviously did not have the talent. But man, they just frustrating. Um Northwestern uh Ben Bryant got hurt. Uh so who knows. Uh <laughs> That's definitely not good. Uh Northwestern beats Howard 23 to 20. Howard scored 13 points in the fourth quarter to make this one tight. So Northwestern got the three wins. That's good. Uh, but without Ben Bryant, I think they might be in trouble. Uh, Wisconsin handled Rutgers 24 to 13. This Rutgers team is, is four and two, and they put up a fight, man, mm-hmm. with everybody. Like, this is, I think this is a pretty good team. Pretty good team. Iowa 20 to 14 over Purdue. Uh, yeah, I kind of like the. I, I want to pull up the box score just to show you because I, I doubt that you pulled up Peacock to watch this thing, uh, but I pulled it up to, <laughs> to watch just a little bit late, late, late last night after that USC win. So I didn't go to bed until about 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, so let's see. Deacon Hill, 6 out of 21 passing for 110 yards, and none of the receptions were by a wide receiver. Eric All had five receptions for 97 yards. Caleb Johnson, one for 13. Eric All is uh, a tight end, 6'5", 250. We had big boy football going on in Kinnick. Not too shabby. And here, here's the crazy thing. Iowa is ridiculous, right? This is not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look at their schedule, Wisconsin, uh, a shell of Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, Nebraska. They could win all of those games. Like they they could even I think they could even beat Wisconsin this weekend. Uh I wouldn't bank on it, but even if you lose that, this is still a a potentially 10-win team. So if they go 10 and 2, uh okay, like <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd. the Big Ten is so ridiculous. Like I don't, I don't even know what to make of this. Uh, but alas, it is what it is. What, what did you make of uh, of Iowa and you know some of these others like Wisconsin? I don't, I don't, and whatnot? I don't put a lot of faith in Iowa. Iowa seems yeah. to always have like a good year. This is part of my rant. Iowa have like a really good year, and everyone is really high on Iowa, and then they just they just kind of fall off. It just seems like they do that all the time. Again, it's another team that I like. They play, they can play well, but when they get really hyped up, they just. They're terrible. Yeah, they, they don't. They do better when it's like they're running under the radar. And like they do way much better. And we have a classmate who coaches there. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, in Iowa. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. He still yeah. coaches there. That's right. Uh, he's on the good side of the ball. So that's good. Yeah. Big 10, or excuse me, Pac 12 time. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, but USC 43, Arizona 41 in three overtimes. Um, if you it, like, here's the crazy thing. Did you stay up and watch this last night? As long as I could. And then I watched the highlights this morning. So Arizona, USC gets the ball first in overtime. And Arizona, like they score on the first play. Mm. And then Arizona gets the ball and they score. And I think on the first play. And they, 
end up kicking the extra point. And I probably would have gone for two there because you've got the momentum. You yeah. know that you've got plays that you can beat USC with. And I, go ahead. I was kind of wondering that too. I'm like, how many more shots are you going to get? And that's the you thing. Know, you, you can be the big upset. This isn't like we're going to drop in the ranking. Like, we can knock off USC and have yes. a big signature win. And you didn't go for it. So it, here's the thing. You, or at least you should know, that in the second overtime, you got to start going for two when you score a touchdown yeah. anyway. Yep. So you have a shot for one play to get the win. And that's all you got to do. One play. And it's either win or lose, and you don't have to go through all the other mess, right? And they come out and they kick the extra point. And in the second overtime, they come out and they've got the ball first and they score and they send out the, the extra point team. They send out the field goal unit and the refs are telling them, whoa, uh, you have to go for two here. And the coaching staff had no idea. Fafita, the, the quarterback, the backup quarterback that played so well, he had taken his helmet off and had gone over to the sideline. They had no idea what the rules were. Oh, as a coaching that, staff, I, I have no idea how you don't get that. But either way, they they don't get the two point conversion. USC comes out and they score. They don't get their two point conversion. Then you go to the third where it's just you know back and forth two point conversions, and uh, and USC converts and. Arizona doesn't. And USC only converts because Caleb Williams uh, ran along the sideline there and it got the, yeah, the, got the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, everybody thought that he went out of bounds, but he kept that foot in just bananas. Um, Oregon State, 52 to 40 on California. That was one of my best bets because um, I had Oregon State minus nine and a half. I had Oregon State minus 10. And then this thing gets closer to kickoff and it hit us all the way down to seven. Like, people had put so much money on Cal. But, like, it, this game never should have been this close. Like, and, and I know that you didn't watch, but I, by God, I had it up on one of my screens. Um, <laughs> so, Oregon State, in the second quarter, they go up 14-3. to And they attempt an onside, like a surprise onside kick. And with that onside kick, the other team recovers, and they return it for like 19 yards and they give up a, or no, it's like 26 yards and it's a 19 yard touchdown drive on the next drive. First play, they turn the ball over and give California another uh, short field and they go down and, and kick a field goal like it. So that's 10 points just that they just gave them. Uh, Gozerian jumped in. DJ played well. Yeah. 275 with five touchdowns. I would consider that to be pretty good. But it was the running game that set him up. I mean, because it, it at any point, Cal had to be ready for the running game because they could not stop him. Couldn't stop it at all. So, yeah, Oregon State is... That UCLA-Oregon State game is going to be a slobber knocker, man. It's oh, yeah. going to be so good this weekend. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, 
What have you gotten to watch Oregon State at all this year? Like, what what do you think about Jonathan Smith a, and, and a what they're doing? A little bit. I, I usually just watch them a little bit, but they're a fun team to watch. Oh, they're so throwing good. the ball around, just play. Yeah, they're playing really, really good. Yes, I am a fan. I am a fan. Uh, Colorado, they get the win, twenty seven twenty four at Arizona State. Um, I don't like the Shadur Sanders. Um, like the. <laughs> You get a win at a team that's one in five now, and you go over to the student section and start flashing your watch. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's it's one thing to like hype yourself up and and whatever else, but like when you when you trash talk the the kid that like gets beat up by everybody, it's like, okay, like what are you doing? Yeah. Like why are we <laughs> Yeah, it, like, why are we doing this? Yeah, Arizona State too. I'm like, why? You beat him on, you know, field goal at the end of the game. You didn't smoke him. Yeah. And, I don't know. I just, I it, it never plays well with me. Uh, Although Sanders is looking pretty good, quarterback. I mean, him running around throwing oh yeah, the ball, Sanders. like, yeah, he, he's looking really good. Oh, okay. he's great. He's absolutely great. But I mean, you see the picture right here, like it, it, oh, yeah. him showing his yeah. watch off to the. Arizona State students, like, brother, just go, just go to the locker room. Like, yeah, this, <laughs> that was not this, something to like yeah, be excited stop. about. Just get you know? out of here! Oh yeah, yay! Um, all right, let's see what else have we got here. Uh, Gazarian jumped in and said, uh, "UW at OSU is going to be good too." Yeah, Washington at Oregon State—that's going to be fantastic. Uh, two completely different styles because Oregon State is the opposite. Of finesse, like that is a tough-nosed football team, and Washington is finesse, finesse, finesse. They are mm-hmm. they just throw the ball around, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's a big contrast in styles there, and I'm excited about that one. Uh, the ACC, we'll move over to them. Let's see, and continue writing my time down. And we've got to get out of here at one point, but that point it won't be right now. I will tell you that. <laughs> uh, Florida State, 39-17 over Virginia Tech, uh, jumped out 22 to nothing in the first quarter. And then just kind of played with their food a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't believe that there is. Okay, so they got Syracuse this week. They got Duke the week after that. They got Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, and at Florida. Outside of Miami, I don't think there's another loss on the schedule. So I, I think. I think Florida State is is pretty good right now. Um, I don't know. There wasn't there wasn't really anything to take away from that one. You no. know, like they did what they were supposed to do. They just they handled business. Yeah, shut up. It is. One. Yep. Get the win. Didn't get the cover, but that's okay. Uh, Syracuse seven, North Carolina forty. We talked about that. Drake made four hundred forty two yards, three touchdowns. That doesn't even include his rushing yards. Uh, we talked Georgia Tech, Miami, Boston College got the win at Army, and. Yeah, cheers to that. I mean, Boston College needed something. Thomas Castellanos, the quarterback, 31 carries for 142 yards and four touchdowns. They're not even trying to throw the ball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they just said, screw it. Uh, Virginia got their first win of the season over William and Mary. Um, the, you want to talk about a crazy line? That thing opened at, I think, 14 this week. By kickoff, it was down to seven and a half. Like so many people were betting on William and Mary here. Um, but Virginia got the two 
two touchdown win. Cheers to that. Marshall and NC State. Another one where the hook got me. I waited all week, Matt, for the damn hook. I wanted, I wanted Marshall plus seven. And I finally put a little bit on Marshall plus six and a half. Okay. Like just a little pizza money bet. And because I thought that Marshall and their defense was going to be able to slow down this NC State offense. Even with the new quarterback, MJ Morris, coming in for NC State. And this was just pointy. And I did not expect it to be pointy at all. Uh, Marshall, I like, I, I still think Marshall is going to win the Sun Belt East. But man, uh, that was a tough one to, to swallow there. 48 <laughs> 41. Uh, I lose by the hook on that one. Uh, have you gotten to watch Marshall at all this year? I have not. I haven't seen them. Oh, this is it. So Charles Huff, uh, their head coach, is going to be up for some big time jobs. Uh, he was the former running back coach at Alabama, along with a few other places. Uh, but man, ooh, yes. Uh, Gozerian said weather game at West Point. Yeah, there was a lot of wind and all that, but still, this Boston College team is at their best when, you know, Castellanos is running. Just period. Kenneth jumped in. Uh, he said, what's up, guys? What's up, Kenneth? He said, uh, I like Miami plus three against North Carolina Saturday. So my numbers like Miami a lot. They actually have Miami favored in the game. But do you trust them? Like, <laughs> I can't I can't get there. Uh, I just, I got nothing. Um, Wake Forest Clemson, 17 to 12. Okay. Uh, again, like, had some wind over on the East Coast. I didn't think it was that. Clemson should have beaten the brakes off Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. And instead they let them hang around and didn't score. And I don't know. This Clemson team is baffling week in and week out. I don't know. Did you take anything away from any of those? No. I didn't. I didn't. Outside of the <laughs> watching the North Carolina game in, in uh, Louisville, uh, and a little bit of Florida State. Okay, those three. I watched those. The rest of it, I was just like, uh, like I don't know. Whatever. Like you said, Clemson. You don't. You, you don't know who's going to show up. Yeah. Are they going to be great? The, Are they going to be? Uh, who knows? Who knows at this point? Let's hey, let's uh, let's move on to another conference that who knows, right? Uh, we'll move to the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State twenty nine, Kansas State twenty one. Oh man! On Friday night, I was surprised by this one. Uh, I think a lot of people were. Kansas State was favored by 11 and a half. Um, this Gordon kid from Oklahoma State, it, he's gone over 100 yards the last two weeks. 21 carries, 136, one touchdown. To do that against Kansas State's defensive line, mm-hmm. pretty big deal, man. That's pretty big. Uh, Oklahoma State, I guess, like, you cannot bet against Gundy as a, as a home dog. Like, you just can't do it. So, I, I don't this team has not looked put together at all and they found something that worked. Yeah. So, I mean, cheers to cheers to the pokes, I suppose. Uh, UCF. Yuck. Right. Plumley is like, he plays, then he gets hurt. They bring in Timmy McLean. None of it matters. Kansas was up 24 to nothing at the half. Uh, and that's with Jason Bean playing a quarterback like Kansas the, that was a coaching mismatch. Like Lance Leipold in that bunch against Gus Malzahn, it was just surgical. Like Kansas was so creative on play calling. It was just mind-blowing. 
Uh, I I had that one on one of my screens, and is every time I looked up, it was Kansas breaking a breaking a big run or a big play, like every time they had the ball. So it was it was pretty wild. Uh, the other ones, Texas Tech, thirty nine to fourteen over Baylor. I think Dave Aranda might be looking for a new job pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State, it was the the legend of Jack Trice game, and they won twenty seven to fourteen over TCU. Uh, boy, TCU is going through it. Did did you take anything away from any of these? No, I think Texas, yeah, Texas Tech has had a pretty rough schedule, but they talked to some Texas Tech people here. They're like, yeah, we should get this game. We should get the better game. I don't know. Baylor may turn it on. Yeah, never mind. And I'm well, happy for had Kansas. 324 yards, but mm. yeah, and I'm happy for Kansas because you're usually oh, yeah. a doormat and looking good. Five and one, the two uh, yeah, and one in the Big Twelve. Five and one, yeah, like there we go, Kansas. Not bad. It is not bad at all. Uh, the AAC. Let's talk about the American right quick. So, let's see. Rider time's down. And we don't have to spend forever on these, but still. The AAC, UTSA 49-34. to EJ Warner was one of my potential Heisman guys for this week. 472 yards passing and five touchdowns and still lost the game by 15 points. (laughs) Just insane. Um, North Texas and Navy. Navy got the win. North Texas hung in there. Chandler Rogers, the, uh, the transfer from Louisiana Monroe at quarterback for North Texas now. Uh, pretty good day, pretty good day. And Macklin, of course, six receptions, 76 yards, one touchdown. Uh, pretty good. You know, Navy just did what they are supposed to do against a, an overmatched uh, offensive and defensive line. Like they just, they did what they were supposed to do. UAB, I think that was the most surprising uh, to me. It's not surprising that they scored a bunch of points. It's that they were, that they stopped South Florida some. So UAB put up 56 on them. So 56-35 win for them. Uh Florida Atlantic got a win over Tulsa. That was interesting. I think that team might be better with Daniel Richardson, the transfer from Central Michigan in there. Uh but they they got the win 20 to 17 over Tulsa. Yukon got a win over Rice. So first win for uh for Yukon there. Um that one surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm t- did did we talk about it on this show last week where Jim Mora uh so long time ago, Najee Harris said that Jim Mora told him he knows who killed uh, Tupac. And then UConn played terrible all season until they arrested the guy that apparently killed Tupac. And now Jim Mora's team is playing better. <laughs> Just absurd. Absolutely absurd. <laughs> but UConn gets the first win. So cheers to that. Like they're they're one in five. They're not completely out of a bowl game yet, but it'll be close. Uh, we'll move on. The Sun Belt. Ah, uh, yes, this is my favorite G five conference. We talked about Marshall, uh, Texas State, and Louisiana was mayhem. That just that is so. One, uh, my buddy Kyle Hunter uh, lost his overplay on this one. I think the over was like sixty nine or sixty eight and a half or something like that. He lost it because uh, in this game, Louisiana gets a, they had a chance. uh, Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. I went back and watched it last night just to see because it was brutal. Um, Okay. First and 10 at the Texas State 15. And the guy breaks a run 
and goes down at the one. <laughs> Ran for 14 yards to the one, and then they take a knee. And that's how you're supposed to do it, Miami. They were up by four. They could have put another touchdown on the board to go up by 11. But they knew the other team didn't have a timeout. So just kneel the ball. That's an easy, easy way to do that. So crush the ball. You should you should talk to your boys over in uh over in Lafayette. That's what you should do. Uh Troy handled Arkansas State. Of course, Rayner, the uh, the new freshman quarterback that came in that, that gave Arkansas State some life. It, this is what happens when you go in against Troy's defense. Uh South Alabama, 55 to 7 over Louisiana Monroe. Uh yeah. Like that's about what should have this is how South Alabama should have been playing all year. Like that's that's what should have been happening. Old Dominion got the win at Southern Miss. Huey, this team in Hattiesburg is so bad. I mean, they are. I I can't even. There's nothing to take away from this. That team is awful. They used to be pretty decent. They were pretty decent just last year. Yeah, and they lost Austin uh, Austin Armstrong. Their uh, their defensive coordinator. Mm. He left to join Alabama as a linebackers coach. And then Billy Napier hired him from Alabama after like a month to be his new defensive coordinator. So he's the new DC at Florida. But that's basically what was like, it's not just that the defense is bad. The offense can't put up points. If you can only put up 10 points on Old Dominion or 13 point, whatever it is, yeah. dear God. You can't, yeah, you can't do that. Oh, it's so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. Uh, let's roll through the Mountain West right quick. Um, there we go. We got it on here. Let's see. All right, we talked Fresno. Uh, Utah State. Utah State second halves. That's the bet. That's what you need to bet from now on. Uh, Cooper Lega came in and just uh, destroyed Colorado State in this game. Colorado State went up 17 to nothing in this game. And... Lost 44 to 24. <laughs> Just brutal. Uh, and then Boise State came out, got shellacked in that first half. They were down 27 to 7. And Boise State found a way to win this game 35 27. Uh, the running back for Boise, 24 carries for 167 yards. Yeah. Yeah. That's about what I expected from, uh, from that game. San Jose State is now 1 and 5. This is a feisty team. That is one and five. I thought I thought San Jose State had it. I was like, oh good, you're gonna get a win over Boise. Nope. Nope. San Jose State, like they're all right. So they're one and five. They lost to Oregon State. They lost to USC. Uh they beat Cal Poly, but then like this schedule was tough, man. At Toledo, Air Force, and then at Boise. That's a tough schedule. Yeah, that is hard. So, but then now, now you got a shot to to kind of pick off some wins here. At New Mexico, Utah State, at Hawaii, you got Fresno at home, you got San Diego State, who is terrible, and then at UNLV, who is actually pretty good. So you you got a shot to maybe get five wins there somewhere. So I don't know if you lose to Fresno or lose to UNLV. You could maybe lose to Utah State, but you got that one at home. I don't know. They they got they got a chance to maybe do something. So uh, was there anything in the MAC or anything else that I don't know. I guess I guess we're good on that. Um, Toledo, Central Michigan, Ball State, Eastern Michigan. Eh, there was nothing super surprising. I mean, Miami of Ohio 
like shellacking Bowling Green the week after they beat Georgia Tech. Like, that's kind of surprising, I guess. But other than that, I mean, Northern Illinois like destroyed Akron, but Akron's quarterback's out, so I think their season's probably done. Uh, Conference USA. Hey, have you been watching midweek Conference USA stuff? No, I haven't. I, I need to get on that. So Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee was a fun ball game. Uh, that was that was interesting. Liberty and Sam Houston was interesting because neither team could do anything in the second half. Uh, Western Kentucky was up 35 to seven at the half and then had to hold on late 35, 28 over Louisiana tech. Yeah. So, so this entire month, they are doing nothing but, um, midweek CUSA games. Hmm. So something to pay attention to. Yeah. We'll be looking something at that. to pay attention to. All right. We went almost two hours today. Woo. So that's, uh, I think that's okay. We got our fill. We got our allotment in next week. I think we'll probably be closer to an hour. So <laughs> we'll see. We probably won't do as much recap next week, uh, but we shall see. We shall see. All right, uh, Matt, tell everybody where they can find you again. Uh, Strong and healthy rehab on all socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, And if you want to see me in my goofy element, Matt underscore PT underscore dip underscore MDT. There you go. All right. I am at Gary WCE on Instagram and TikTok at winning cures on Twitter. Of course, buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures. You can follow me on Telegram uh, and I'll tell you all the different plays that I'm making throughout the week there. Um, Gozerian said, great show. Thanks, gentlemen. Of course, uh, Toma had jumped in. He said, story of my 2023-2024 season. Yes, uh, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Uh, what a fantastic week. What a fantastic. We are getting into the, the heart of this, the nitty gritty. So make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Like the video if you would so kindly. Uh, with that, we're going to get out of here. i got to start prepping for this week. So take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every Every time you buy gas, use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.